right, welcome into this episode of the Quintessential Ministry Podcast. This is Pastor Quint, and I am once again joined by my awesome and lovely wife, Erin. Erin, would you say hello? Hello. And we are continuing our four-part series on parenting. So uh, what we set up last time was that in the month of May, we were going to do two podcasts kind of on the mothering perspective and then because of Mother's Day. And then when we get to June, we'll do a couple on fathering. And so uh, if you didn't catch the first one, I guess it was probably more high level, 50,000 foot view, didn't totally focus on the motherhood aspect. We definitely did hit on a lot of that, but kind of just shared a whole bunch of different thoughts. And this is really just kind of loose and stream of conscious and things that, uh, you know, things that were just, we talk about a lot, but we thought it would be good to kind of share these things uh, over these four episodes and get some of this off of our chest and hopefully out there, maybe it helps some people Maybe it helps us. I don't, I, I don't know. But uh, anyways, hopefully you're finding some value in it. Um, so today, what we would like to do, and you actually might hear our youngest child crying in the background because he's he does that now at night after we put him to bed. Um, hmm. It's kind of a new thing. But um, we really do want to focus in and hone in on motherhood. And um, so my wife hopefully is going to do the majority of the talking on this one. But we both have had... Uh, not just a long day, but a long week, and it's, and only, it's only Wednesday. It's only Wednesday, <laughs> but um, I had like a 12-hour day yesterday, which means she had 12 hours solo with five kids yesterday, and then today was... Uh, so we, we recently got a new vehicle because Erin totaled her van. Uh, it really... It so- sounds more dramatic yeah. than it is. Everyone was fine, but... Yeah, they total everything old now, so they totaled her van, and so... Um, I, this is a total sidebar, but then we'll get into kind of the the meat of the episode. Um, I decided a couple months ago that I didn't, I wanted to be in a Jeep. That was like my thing. And so I looked at a ton of them on the internet. That's what I, I wanted to be in a Jeep Patriot specifically. I don't know why car people told me, no, you don't. I didn't listen to them. It's what I wanted. I found one that I liked and I bought it. So Aaron is not one for change. <laughs> I am a-okay with change. Um, I'm not actively seeking change for the sake of change, but like new things are fun is kind of my right. my vibe in life. So anyway, she wasn't thrilled with the Jeep change, but she, she rolled with it. And then actually the day that we brought it home was she went to get Chinese food because we were just burned out and she rear-ended someone and they totaled the van. So anyways, all that to say, what she ended up with and why today was a long day is after my regular nine to five work day, um, we loaded up all the kids. I, I brought home her new vehicle today after my work day. And so her new vehicle is a matching Jeep Commander. So Miss, I don't like change. <laughs> Why do we need a Jeep? You're right, babe. We don't need a Jeep. We need two, and they should match. And you can drive the bigger one. And they're parked next to each other in the driveway, and hers is a house on wheels. It is ridiculous. It's got a lift kit. It is, it's so crazy. So our kids are psyched. Yeah. So it's not practical. It makes no sense. The vans are better. Don't you, you don't need to tell us. Don't email me. Don't, we understand. This was just, Financial. This was just the season in our life when we're going to have 
matching his Jeeps. and her matching Jeeps. And financially, it was cheaper than getting into a van because the market is crazy right now. And we thought, heck, let's just go for it. Let's see what happens. And uh, if we don't like it, we'll fix it later. How, you know how many cars we've had? I mean, I don't. We're not going to count a lot. A lot. A lot of cars. <laughs> um, I tell people we're usually the last owner because yes. we're hard on them. We're usually the second to last owner. We're usually able to find one last person <laughs> to take it off of our hands. And we drive it probably 3,000 more miles. And it's, <laughs> and it's done. So anyways, all right. So all that to say, it's been a long week. It's been a couple long days in a row. Um, but we're committed and we want to we want to get this out and share this. And um, so we want to talk about mothering. And so in setting this up, Aaron and I were texting back and forth, kind of gave her the um, idea for the first episode. And then for the second one, I said, what's, what is the hardest thing about mothering? That was like, I thought that would be a good second episode. And she, it was like all the laughing, crying emojis, like, oh, just what's one hard thing about mothering? And so <laughs> we don't want to just focus on the hard stuff, but there's a lot of hard stuff. And um, so anyways, educate me, babe. Teach me and teach, you know, maybe just from your perspective, you've been a mom seven years now and a lot of kids all at once. And so anyways, um, what are your true thoughts since I asked a pretty, I guess, uh, way too basic of a question, way oversimplified of a question for such a complex matter? Like maybe just share some of what you've thought about since then. Okay. Well, I can only come from the perspective of what I currently do, which I currently am a stay-at-home parent. I have uh, worked and parented for about 18 months of our oldest son's life. So I, I do have some level of perspective on the difficult balance when you're working and being a mom. And I do have to say... But it's been a while. Yes, it has yeah. been a while, for sure. Um to all of you out there that do work full-time or even part-time and also parent and mother, it is a very hard balance for sure. Uh, especially, I feel like women are typically drawn into fields where they're, they have a passion and so they really have a purpose at work, but also a purpose at home. And I know that that balance can be really tricky. Um, but I can really only come from my perspective, which is that I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom. We homeschool um, our oldest child and three preschoolers, and we're going to continue that into next year. So when I'm talking, I am talking from the perspective of someone that does do a lot of the parenting solo because Quint works. And the kids ask me all the time, why does daddy work? And I say, well, do you like to eat? Do you like this house? Do you like those toys? Do you like your Jeeps? <laughs> because guess how much money mommy makes doing all the things she does? The answer is zero dollars. So uh, if you like the things that we have, then daddy has to keep going to work. That's how it works uh, in our house. So Anyway, um, when I was thinking through uh, the the difficulties of parenting and mothering specifically, um, a lot of that for me is the balance of doing a lot of it on my own or doing it more often than Quint does it. And I have my rhythms and I have my things that I do when he's not here. And then when he's home, you know, it, it kind of can sometimes be a different dynamic and balance to figure out. Um, I think, I think a few different things. Um, mothers are 
somehow geared and I'm I believe God just created women and mothers to be like this um, to just be very selfless in their day-to-day action and you know I do things every single day for my family for my kids um, I'm always the last to sit down to eat. I'm always the last to sit down at the end of the night. You know, I put the kids to bed and then I have to go to the schoolroom and then I have to do laundry and always, I mean, always, always, always. And so th- there's just a lot that, and I, th- that goes into it. And I feel like women in general are just more geared to take that on without, sometimes without a second thought. Whereas I believe men are a little less geared that way. I don't and, know if you would agree. <laughs> I mean, you're speaking very broadly. I think speaking very broadly, that's mostly true. Right. Yes, there are exceptions. There are examples of um, fathers who are bent that way more and mothers who right. aren't and whatever. But at the end of the day, like maybe the healthier way to say it is like the demand whether you're wired that way or not, the demand kind of lands on the mom to be selfless a lot of the times. Yeah. Is that, is that yeah. safe? I don't yeah. want, again, caveat to last week. I, I don't want to say anything. We don't want to say anything that's like offensive or assuming, but this right. is just kind of like, again, speaking broadly, this is kind of how it tends to land. Right. Even if you're, even if a, a mom isn't wired to be selfless. Right those demands still might land on her. And then you, that, that might be one of the things that's so hard about mothering. You've got to live in a way that you're not, you might not be any more wired. You actually are more wired to be selfless than myself. I think would that be a safe way to say it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. But there could be a scenario where you're not wired to be any more selfless than I am, but the demands land that way. Sure. From, because I mean, honestly, our kids run to you. I'll be sitting literally in the kitchen or on the couch and they'll run right by me to ask you the question when I'm sitting right there. Right. There can be a million reasons why and we could unpack that maybe. But um, at the end of the day, the questions come to mom. Mom's yeah. the, If mom's the person five days a week, then right. just out of habit, the other two, even if dad's here, we're going to go to mom. Right. And so the demands land there. Yeah. And I'll sometimes say to our kids, you literally walked by your dad to come ask me that question or they come find me in some recess of the house and I'm like weren't you just with your dad well he can answer that question he can open that fruit snack he can do you know um all the things that mom can do and you know for me I have to be careful to not be resentful or um because I never and I don't think my mom at least I I don't know what she felt deep in her heart but I never felt like she resented the role that motherhood is. And that's something that I want to be careful of, that because I can sometimes give, 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 give to not then resent that what I gave. You know, it's like giving a gift and then being resentful um, after having given it. No one enjoys that. No one. It's not healthy. It's not good. Um, so that that is definitely one thing that I think can be very challenging as far as motherhood is uh, to... I, you know, just, and I, for me, I just have to pray for that strength and that grace when I don't feel like that naturally, or when I'm just having a day where I feel like I have nothing to give and yet they still want to take the same level that they take every single day. And, um, those are when I just have to give it over to God and just say, well, I don't have anything today. And, uh, so I, I need you, I need your strength and I need your grace and I need your wisdom. And it's also when I apologize, you know, to our kids and, 
uh, tell him, mom, screw up too, and I shouldn't have said what I said, or I shouldn't have been short. I was frustrated, but that isn't a reason, you know, those kinds of things. So um, that definitely, I think, is one thing that's difficult. Another, I believe, in the era that we're parenting in is the comparison game that is so easy to play um, just with the internet and social media and even even just the amount of television programming and um, all of that. It can be so easy if you're not careful to get into the comparison game of, oh, their kid's doing X and their kid did this and they went on this vacation and they just upgraded their house and whatever it is. Um, and for me, I've had to really, I've had to do a few different things to make sure that I'm not falling into that comparison game, which is so easy to play. Um, one is when I'm feeling like that, I usually have to take a break from social media of some kind, whether it's a week or a month or something so that I can just like reset. What do I want? How do I parent my kids? What is most important to Quint and I in our house? And I really just have to cancel out a lot of the noise that wants to fight in when you're in the grind kind of thing. Um, so that's one thing that I've had to do in the past. Um, I do feel like the last couple of years I've, if I don't know how to describe it, but I have gained confidence in these are my kids that I'm parenting and I'm doing it this way, whether or not everyone else is doing it this way. Um, so I, I don't feel like that as much as when I was a new mom. I think when you're a new mom, that is so, because you have no idea what you're doing. A lot of the time you don't even know what kind of, what kind of mom am I going to be, you know? And um, so I think it can be really easy. I know for me, it was really easy when I was a new mom to play the comparison game and the, am I doing it right? And is this so, this isn't so important to me, but it's so important to them. Should it be important to me? Um, and so that, that can be really challenging. And as far as just making comparisons amongst your kids and somebody else's somebody else's kids and you know we have to always remind ourselves it's easy to say but you know we all know Instagram is everyone's highlight reel so like you're not seeing all the behind the scenes I mean I had to laugh yesterday Quint mentioned he worked 12 hours which like isn't that uncommon so I it's not that crazy but we just had like an off day and I had a lot of um like discipline stuff I had to do with a couple of our kids which was out of the ordinary. I mean, I obviously discipline every day, but it was just out of the ordinary behaviors. I was making a meal for our family at our church. And so um, her husband, my friend's husband came to pick up the meal. And when he came, it was like five minutes before I was about to feed my kids, which is always like a crazy time anyway, especially when you're solo. And so I was like pulling their dinner out of the oven and trying to get it ready in a bag so that he could take it out the door. And one of our kids two of our kids, I don't think we're, they weren't wearing any shirts because we've been outside all day. And I was like trying to get them to put their shirts on to come to the dinner table. And then our 15, almost 16 month old came around the corner and he was carrying the toilet brush out of the bathroom. And I was just like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> like this looks so much like this, this is just, uh. so I just, I had to just laugh because for the most part, like five kids, for me in the day-to-day -day isn't that bad. But in that moment, I was like, oh, my word, five kids is so bad. It's like, it's so crazy. It, it looks like a circus. It really did. So um, I apologize. And I did apologize to that family that our children look like absolutely feral when he stopped by. And I was just like 
yelling at them than trying to get their shirts on and wash their hands and all that fun stuff. Well, so. and you know, it's interesting because um, Aaron has, you have pointed out to me that um, like when we go places, our kids are like so well behaved. Like strangers tell us, your kids are so well behaved. Mm-hmm. Like we just did a road trip last week to Charleston, South Carolina in a rental van because that's what insurance put us in while we figured out this Jeep thing. And we made two stops in 12 hours of driving. Like our kids are troopers, you know, yeah. like they'll go for it. Um, but I think at home they can, that the wheels can really come off fast. But you have pointed out to me that like, well, this is their safe place. Like yeah. this is where, the Legos can explode all over the attic bedroom and it's okay. And there is balance to strike there. And as they get older, there'll be a lot of balance to strike there because I ain't cleaning this place and you're not, you know what I mean? Like they will be responsible, but it is such a good reminder that like there, there is something to be said about creating a safe place. Like this is the home they're growing up in. Right. And so like helping them to feel safe enough to like own it, live in it, not be afraid. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we don't have a no touch room anywhere in this house. Right. You know what I mean? Like wish we did. Uh, yes. I mean like when I was growing up, my family, we had a room that was kind of like, yeah, that that's the living room. Like that's where Thanksgiving dinner is eaten and past that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, we didn't play in there. We, we were fortunate. We had a whole lot of other house to play in, but like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so anyways, kind of a sidebar, but it, it, it's, Interesting because it speaks to, I think maybe it's just kind of like permission or something to, it's okay if like kids feel really that secure. It, you, That's a good way to look at it. You know what I mean? It's a different way to look For at sure. it. For I mean, sure. I wasn't looking at it that way until you pointed it out to you me. You have to imagine like when kids are little, I think so often as adults, what we want to do is like hold them to an adult standard, which oh, is so sure. not fair. For sure. Like. I want to hold my kids to who I finally am after 30 years of striving standards. And I was, it took me forever to get my bearings. Like it was in my twenties before I like had any level of confidence in who I was becoming as a person. And actually I want to hit on that before I lose the thought. You, you talked about how you've stepped, you feel like you've stepped into like this new level of confidence. And I was just thinking like, that is so normal for anything in life i can say like as a pastor at our previous place i was like excited part-time worship leader and then i felt this calling to be a pastor but i was so insecure so unsure and then i finally hit this groove where like i knew god was affirming it in my life and people that mattered so like i was confident i was comfortable then i take the leap to come to erie first where we are now and i was confident but totally different game Mm -hmm. totally different experience different church size different everything staff size all of it and I went through those same exact struggles just on a different scale and I can remember a couple years ago I've been there almost four years now like when the the flip switched the switch flipped where I was like no like I, I gained that confidence and so like that's just a job example, but of course that's also true in parenting. Yeah. Of course that's also like you're you're wondering what kind of parent you'll be. You're unsure. You're studying, listening to podcasts, eating stuff up, trying to like – but then all of a sudden you look around and you're like, 
hey, my kid's five and I kind of know what kind of parent I am. Right. Like I'm the parent that's like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's not do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and all of a sudden you, hopefully you kind of look around and are like, yeah, that's who I am. And, th- and it's true of anything, whether it's job, whether it's work, whether it's how relationships work, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You're dating and then all of a sudden you look around and you're like, no, like I absolutely love you and want to spend my whole life with you. Like the, the question's go away yeah right and so anyways that's what i was thinking when you said that and that's why i think you know i i don't think there's a golden time frame to it i think there's just like you just it's that long obedience in the same direction and eventually the light bulb goes on yeah you know so true i joke that like you just get good at a stage of parenting when you're getting out of it so it's like well now i can sleep train a baby in my sleep change diapers with it being half awake and i'm at the end of the <laughs> the end of the journey there that's yes kind of, you are that's kind of annoying that it's like you master it as you're done with it so um which is parenting i think 100 percent. but going back to our conversation about like home being a secure place yes sorry. you know when i think of like our seven and five year old going out in the world it for the unlimited amount of exposure they have church and taekwondo and those little things like especially for our second son who is a little has always been a little less confident than our oldest in himself and he's really starting to grow into himself which has been fun to watch but you know, I have to imagine for Preston, like when he's out in the world, it, he's always trying to assess, like, am I doing it right? And like, you know what I mean? Like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Um, is this how I'm supposed to be reacting? Is this how I'm supposed to be interacting with others? And when they get home, that's when they don't have to pretend to be anything. They right. don't have to try to be anything. They can just be. You're saying it so much better than I was saying it. <laughs> Yeah. They they can just be, you know, and right. and those are the times. And I find for me, especially being a stay at home parent with a lot of kids, you know, when I first when we first had our fourth child, our third son, Bennett, I barely left the house because I had, let's see, Anderson would have been four, four two four one, two zero. one and baby. When Bennett was born, Charlotte was still not confidently walking because she was a preemie. And so she walked just a little bit later than the boys did. And so she was still very much in like the teetering, barely walking phase when he was born. So that summer that Bennett was a baby, I I literally just didn't leave the house. It just, it was harder to go anywhere than it was to just stay home. But I think when you get in that bubble and for a stay at home mom or dad, it's easy to get into that bubble where it's like, oh my word, like it's, I'm beating my head against a wall here. It's when I take them out that I'm so refreshed that like they, they're delightful kids. Like they're curious, they're obedient, they're, you know, it's, it really, it's, it's been those times that I've made myself go out to the library or wherever. And I'm a circus everywhere I go and everyone just looks at you and jokes about you. And, um, some people ask to help, which is so sweet, but it's those times that I'm reminded that like, it's all going in. It doesn't feel like it when we're in the bubble of our, our house and just so many kids, but it is. And that always is an encouraging thing to me. And so taking them out of town last week was, it was nice because I was reminded like, they're really good kids. They're, you know, they all have their struggles like we all do, but it, they're good. So, yeah. Anyways. No, that's good. And I mean, for as much as a drill sergeant as I can tend to be, because that's just kind of who I am at this point <laughs> in my life, um, they like they do respond to it. It doesn't feel like it at home no. when I'm like, I said, pick up the Legos, I said, or whatever the thing is, you know. But yeah. when you go out and it's like, grab your sister's hand. Let's go. Come mm-hmm. on. We're walking across the street. Like, it's kind of like they know when it's like, 
and again, this is sticky because I don't want to sow seeds where it's like, it's okay to disobey at home as long as you perform out of this. That's not our MO at all. No, but not at all. It's just like you're saying, it's that those are the times when it, you realize like, no, it is sticking. Home is where you like really put the work in. Yes. But you reap the rewards when you're out. That's yeah. kind of what we're trying to say. Yeah, so, very true. That's the hope anyway. So, okay. So um, the other thing I wanted to hit on was what you said kind of to start. Um, because maybe we're not the only ones who struggle with this. Maybe we are, but let's find out. Um, the dynamic of how life is five days a week when dad's at work and then how much it changes the two days. We like, we've really struggled. Yeah, I this, would say it's been like our biggest struggle probably in our, our, whole, our, whole, our marriage. whole marriage. I like, don't by, know By why. a mile. Yes. By a mile. And that's not to say that we've like, had knocked down drag out fights about it. But this is like the one thing yes. that we have had to work on. It, we're in a pretty good spot. I think now, so. Uh, well, I, think. I don't know. I, I don't hate know. to even say that out loud, but I, know. I feel like maybe it's been a while since it's been bad. Yeah. Anyways, let, let's stop being vague. So <laughs> how it is, I am a Enneagram eight. The last thing the podcast world needs is more Enneagram conversation, but I'm an Enneagram eight who wings if I wing at all, I tell people I'm an eight that wings eight. If you don't know what this is, I'm a hard driving person that pretty much is always hard driving. But fun to live with. When I'm home, <laughs> uh, I really like I crash hard. Mm -hmm. Like Aaron's sitting on our couch right now, and it is so comfortable, and it is my favorite place for the two days that I'm off. If I'm not on my motorcycle or I guess outside. dinking around outside, yeah. but anyways. This is why this is where we're going with this. Why it's been a source of contention is because I work like super hard. All we, I just I drive like it's I grind. It's what I do. It's who I am. Um, I mean, it's nine fifty p.m. nine fifty three, and we're recording a podcast. Like we shut it off when we've earned it, and we, we said we were going to do this, so right. we're doing this, right? Yeah. So, anyways. Um, all that to say, why that matters is Erin runs a tight... She has a shirt that says, I run a tight shipwreck. But <laughs> she runs a tight ship. She really does. And so she feels or has felt like me coming in on my Friday and my Saturday, which are my two days off, and vegging. And in the winter, this is far worse than it is in right. the nice weather. Disrupts the order that she worked so hard to build all week because the kids want to veg with me. Which sounds like it would be nice, but it, it, it they, they're it's not creative, not. they're not imaginative, they just want to watch YouTube, they just want to explore motorcycle videos with dad, you know, like your dad's your hero and you want to do what your dad right. wants to do and all those things. But ultimately, like for me, I have two speeds. I'm either going to veg or we're going to rip the kitchen apart and make a new one because change is fun, right? So like... Sure. Neither that, thing, which I like. Yeah, th that's probably a me problem. That is a me problem. But at the end of the day, that's our problem. So mm -hmm. where we have struggled and where we're, we have worked to get better is like trying to find a rhythm and a balance to like what, how can I have days off that feel like days off without, and the kids still like march to the beat that they're supposed to march to. I don't know. What are you thinking as I'm kind of saying all yeah, this? Yeah, and, you know, for me, it's – and I think this is one of the hardest parts of being a stay-at-home parent is that I work 
as hard. <laughs> yeah, Homeschooling 100%. and yeah, yeah, that, um, doing like grind. a million. Yeah. Like my grind is honestly just as crazy. And I'm not naturally as wired to have that grind. Yeah, so you're, you're an Enneagram 9 who probably wings 1. But you married me. Right. So I've helped you to learn how to wing eight. Exactly. Which isn't natural, but I have done it because it's just what I've had to do to stay married to you. So so in my mind, it's we both have worked super hard. Now we have these two days off, which when your kids are this small and there's this many of them don't feel like days off. Like they, they no honestly. No days off. They feel no awful days sometimes. No days off. <laughs> like, and I think we're finally getting maybe a little bit more into where, like, our kids do go off and play on their own and stuff quite a bit, but we still have the littlest one that's always right around our feet and destroying our house. And But he doesn't like me. And he doesn't like Quinn, so that's fun. Um, he likes me, but <laughs> mostly when you're not around right. at all. Uh, so a few things that I feel like I've had to do, I can only speak from my perspective, to try to make this situation better because it I mean, how fun is it for Quint to have his two days off be wrought with, like, conflict between the two of us? Right. So we're, we're like, tense and at each other's throat right. because all I want to do is... And then he's got to go back to right. work. Well, I, like, would ra- I would rather just go right, back exactly. to work. Right, exactly. And I know you would. Like, if you're I, ready for if Monday I can't, or whatever, well, Sunday. Well, if I can't veg, I'll just grind seven days a week. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I'm wired. So a so. few things I've had to do. One is I've had to kind of let some things go that, like, I don't do when it's just me. For instance... I, I literally don't turn the television on all week, one time. Like, I just don't do it. It just has never been a part of my rhythm. I don't like the TV on just mindlessly in the background. Our kids watch very little TV, and I don't I, I don't want it to be and haven't tried to make it like this restrictive thing. They honestly don't ask me to turn the television on ever. So they watch it Sunday morning. I get all the kids ready for church. Quinn has to be out the door at 7 or whatever for church. So I'm on my own. I get them all ready, and I plop them on the couch, and they get to watch two shows on Sunday morning, and that is literally the only television that they watch until Quint is off on Friday. So one of the things that I've had to kind of let go is I, I don't like the TV just being on, but like I know that that's one thing that Quint enjoys, and it's something that Quint and the kids enjoy doing together. They love piling up on the couch with him and watching motorcycle videos and watching travel videos and watching home renovation shows. Like they love that, and they like Bennett, our um, fourth child. He's like glued to Quint's lap. He just all he wants to do is just sit in Quint's lap and watch TV with him. We watch worship videos. Yeah. We watch motorcycle so videos. So I've had I've had to like. Okay, Aaron, this isn't how you would want to spend the morning, but they want to spend the time with dad, and this is how Quint wants to spend the morning. So I've had to just kind of let that go, because if not, then it would just be constant conflict. So, um, and another th- another thing is I've had to redirect our kids to like, okay, dad's home now. So instead of just letting them come to me for every tiny little thing and being resentful to Quint that they're not coming to him, I'll just redirect them to Quint, as in, your dad's actually sitting on the couch and can help you with that. Or I'm going to go take a shower, but dad's right downstairs, so if you need anything, find dad. And I've just had to kind of train them, because they naturally just come find me, because I solve their problems five days a week, that when Quint's off, he can also help. And he's always willing to help, so I need to just like push them his direction. So that's something else that I've done that has helped a little. Um... I feel like I need to have things that I've done that have helped a little. Uh, do you have things? I don't. I'm, I feel on the spot. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like 
maybe <laughs> i don't know this is embarrassing do you want me to keep talking sure i don't actually have anything else to say but well i think that what we have learned is just we've had to learn the dynamic of how i need to respect how aaron runs her tight shipwreck as the t-shirt says um and and not get in the way of that and i do try to like have the TV turned off by a certain time mm-hmm. or what we've yep. done on Fridays is like usually you'll get things going in the morning and then you head out and go do groceries and go do all your stuff. Yeah. And so it's kind of like whatever happens, happens, whatever right. happens, <laughs> happens kind of thing. And so it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of taken on its own rhythm. It's just a totally different rhythm. And then you'll do the homeschool stuff in the afternoon after we get through all that. So I don't know. I think we've just found some adjustments, but also I think we've just had to learn and probably every couple in some way, hopefully, if you're, you know, working on this stuff and in tune to like where the source of your strife is, maybe that's the biggest thing is we just don't naturally like we get along really well, mm-hmm. like as a married couple. So we really had to like hone in on what is the source of this. It wasn't you weren't just mad because the TV was on. No. And I wasn't just, you know lazy because I didn't want to engage with the kids. Like we, we really dug into like, what's the source of this. And the source of it was you run things one way, five days a week. And what I was doing was interrupting that. And we kind of dug into like, well, how can, how can it still work? You know what I mean? Like we weren't afraid to figure out. Right. How and I'm not afraid to like have to give some, because like, I never want Quint to feel like he can't, parent or he can't do whatever because it's not the way I do it the other days he's not here like and I know he has felt like that in the past and I feel really bad about that so that's something that I have to keep in check is that like we do parent as a team and I know we don't get to parent as a team a ton it seems um but we are still a team and so I need he needs to have a voice and I can't just drown out his voice because I think I can do it better easier faster or whatever it might be and you know the other thing I think for me that I've figured out is like I'm an Enneagram 9 which means I hate conflict at all costs and so I'm like a I can be like a doormat but I think what I'm an Enneagram eight, which means I cause conflict. And he just walks on the doormat at all. Naturally, not <laughs> even at all costs, but just like <laughs> at all turns. Right. Like it's just conflict is just how life works. Right. An, I mean, we're a broken person. You know what I mean? Like that's. <laughs> but it is what it is. So I think I figured out that all my life I've had, th- of course, things that I haven't liked how they've gone, or and I've just whatevered because that's who I am. Like I would rather whatever than conflict, except for parenting because I care so much about our kids and their experience and how they turn out and all the things that I think it's the one place where I actually like assert my voice because I really I I just care so much so I think that's where in looking back like where some of our conflict has arisen from is that I'll actually speak up and say things that I like in a normal any other type of thing I probably would just be like yeah whatever you know yeah Yeah, and so I think this is probably a good place to wrap it up. Maybe what we're trying to say, and this started on mothering and kind of veered off into parenting, but hey, it's all good. I I like kind of where the conversation has gone. I think really what we're trying to land on or what we're trying to say here is that, like, support your spouse in figuring out the type of parent that they are. Like, both of us... This is really what we've said the last 10 minutes. Both of us are on a journey of figuring out 
what type of parent we are. You're figuring out what kind of mother you are. I'm figuring out what kind of father I am. You feel like you're in a phase of like great confidence and you know, however you worded that. And I feel virtually the same. Like I'm working on it all the time. And the one thing I was going to ask you is like, if you had any podcast references or, or things that you've used as like good input, because that was in finding that confidence. I know because I'm married to you that it's because you work on it, you put good things in and those things are what, how you filter and reorganize all the files in your brain to like, this is how I'm going to be a good mom today kind of thing. You know what I mean? From like a practical level. So maybe think on that while I say what I'm saying. Um, but what I, I think it's so important. And I think what we have found does has worked for us and where Aaron has been more gracious and, and found more adjustments maybe than I have, or that I can think of on the spot is that she has allowed me to, she's created a space for me to to become the type of dad I want to become. I want to be the dad that hangs out on his couch and watches fun videos on YouTube. And and really what I feel like I'm doing, whether I am or not, is building the dream for my kids. Mm-hmm. That, hey, if you want to sell your house, quit your job, and buy a motorcycle and ride across the country, I'm here for it, bro. Yeah. I am like, let's pick out the motorcycle together. Please, can I come? Like, I That's the type of dad I want to be. And so I hope what I'm doing is building this dream of like, you can literally do anything you want. And we talked last week about like helping raise your kids to a place where they launch successfully out into this world and helping them know that like there is space for their gifting. And I know right now, like I'm a little biased and I'm showing videos of the things I'm passionate about with worship and motorcycles and home renovations. But I mean, we're also watching camper videos and just all sorts of stuff. Like I just want them to be dreamers and I want them to feel like, yeah, I can let's, I can shoot for the moon and land among the stars. You know what I mean? Like, I want them to feel like that. I never want to, like, the worst thing in the world is when you tell a kid, you can't do that. You don't have the money to do that. You Like, that's, no, like, I, I don't know. I believe some of that stuff, and it held me back, and I'm grateful for where we are now, but, like, now I kind of know, and I'm going on a 1,300-mile motorcycle trip next week, which kind of proves, like, I really believe. If you figure it out and work it into your life and plan it like you can do well, this is a free country you know yeah. you can do what you hope and dream to do so anyways that's kind of what I hope I'm doing in those moments and that's a long way of saying I feel like what you have afforded me the ability to do is like kind of grow into that dad that I want to be you know what I mean as opposed to resenting me for that because it's not how that's not the mom you're striving to be sure. but you've understood yeah. that like well there's space for Quint to be that dad and I can still be this mom. Cause I'm not saying, well, I wouldn't homeschool that way. I wouldn't teach this way. I wouldn't lesson plan that way. I, you know what I mean? Right. Like, so it's kind of that mutual respect back and forth. Yeah. So sure. anyways, let's wrap it up with this. Any good resources, podcasts, things that have benefited you, books, um, whatever. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but anything at all that you would recommend? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a little reluctant to give like actual titles because for I will say podcasts anything by John and Stacey Eldridge is amazing they Mm -hmm. don't necessarily focus a lot on parenting they are parents to three adult children now but it's all throughout all of their podcasts it's more their take is who you are as a woman and who you are as a man Mm -hmm. and how that pours into every facet of your life and I I've gathered so many good resources from their, their podcast is wild at heart um, I, I would say just with like, as far as parenting books and stuff, um, I recently read one this year I loved, uh, I just would say 
what whatever you're what I have done is if I want to get better at something or if I want to be reinforced in some way, I mean, the internet is so vast. You can find resources if you want to figure out uh, how better to incorporate reading into your family's life or how to be more minimalistic in your things or how to discipline um, in a positive manner. There's just, there's so many things out there that would fit whatever. I guess the thing that maybe I've done is I've, I'll actually put the book on hold at the library and I'll sit down and read it because I want I want to be better. So right. so this is what I would say then. I think what you're trying to say is find your input. Yes, whatever. It, yeah, positive you're not input. here to say, yeah. I mean, obviously it can't be a Quint and Aaron thing if John and Stacey Eldridge don't get some level of credit because that's how <laughs> we're wired. But they're just so lights out. And you know what? They're not lights out for other people. Some right. people I talk to are like, really? And yeah. Hey, if it's not your thing, that's fine. But for us, that's the input that has revolutionized our life and our marriage and yeah. our parent, everything, you know? I don't know why. God just chose them to minister to us in that way. Yeah. But find your person, you know? 100%, I've yeah. quoted Mark Batterson in so many sermons, people laugh at me. But, like, if you know what? I, there's just so much great content out there. Reach out to your pastor, find something. And then when you read it, when you listen to it, Listen to it through the lens of like, what do I want to, um, what kind of mom do I want to be? And if you're reading something on how to be a stronger woman or have greater faith, gender aside, whatever the case is, apply it to that aspect of your life, that mothering aspect of your life or that fathering aspect of your life. So that's really the lesson is it's yeah. not who specifically, and I... I didn't mean to put you on the spot having you name specifics. That wasn't the point. I like kind of where this landed is that find your input that ministers to you and walk confidently in that. Yep. That's and fine. And you know, the other thing I do when I read or listen to something is like, I listen to it through the lens of our family and I don't take all of it and I assess what am I already doing well? What did I read from this that I would love to implement or that would be good for our family? And I leave the rest of it because... Right, because some of it's garbage or yeah, not. or it's just, it's not applicable or right. I don't want to implement that because this area of our life is working fine. I think too often when we run to things like that, it can be like, oh my gosh, I need to change everything about everything yeah. we're doing. And it's like, no, you don't. Just take like the two best things you read out of that and change something you know right right and that's that's kind of what i do right so find the source of the issue in your family your mm -hmm. life your marriage take those two things and apply it simply to the source and everything else can stay everything yeah. else is okay you know it's not like very very rarely do you just need like wholesale changes to your family structure right because everything's falling down it's like no you, you probably just have like uh just tweaks a day yeah. off you know your days off don't go the way you want them to problem, as we found. You know right. what I mean? So, like, it's just usually it's simple things like that. But anyways, all right, well, um, this one's going on a little bit long, but hopefully you found some benefit from it. In June, we're going to get into fathering and some of that stuff, and I'm taking my three oldest boys camping tomorrow, so that'll be an adventure. But <laughs> we'll get into all that. Um, hopefully this is benefiting you. I know we're kind of like... Um, I don't want to say all over the place, but we're really hitting on some broad stuff. And then all of a sudden it, it zones in, lasers in. But, um, you know, it's just big, big conversations. And I think the biggest thing we have learned through all of it is just like stay humble. Yes. And um, if you don't stay humble, you're going to get humbled. So you might as well stay humble. That's what the Bible says. Yeah. It says humble yourself. Humble yourself. It's a command because if you don't humble yourself, you will get humbled. So, 
Um, anyways, hopefully this has benefited you. And what we have found is that when you stay humble and you stay seeking, like, what is the best thing for my family? What is the best thing for uh, my kids? How can I change? How can I become better? We keep Jesus at the center it does all continue to work out. He does work all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And you are called to be a parent if you are a parent. And so if you continue to work and love him, work towards that and love him, he will fill the gaps. So we'll catch you in June on the Quintessential Ministry Podcast.